Burr exclusive on the production. Your experience just got serious. Season two. Yes. yes. It's another beautiful day. Whether it's raining or snowing or whatever it's doing, wherever you at, the fact that you are up listening to me means that you have made it to see another day. Anytime we're able to make it to see another day, it's a beautiful day indeed. Welcome to 10 on the Clock. I'm Tyron Smith. Wrong 2 exclusive hustle, bandit, sneaker bandit, four-point island, lock them up wrong, Daytona 360, alive it in the flesh, back in the building, back in the building. Hell yeah. So I ain't gonna waste y'all time, because I know y'all ready to know what happened last week if y'all wasn't one of those people who was really interested into seeing or listening to basketball news from the upper echelons of media coverages. I know people get tired of hearing the same old, same old, so I try not to give y'all the same old, same old. But I got to give y'all some of the same old, same old, because I love doing these particular segments every single week. First off, we're going to start off with our locks of the week. And last week, I dominated. I went 7-2 and two in my predictions. Which gives me a record of 89 and 58. So the games I'm focusing on this particular week is the games that are going to take place on Saturday, March the 4th. It is a 10 game schedule. So let's not waste no time. Let's get into these selections. First off, I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns to defeat the Mavericks. Give me the Pacers over the Bulls, the Lakers over the Warriors, and my lock of the night, you can give me the Nets over the Hornets, especially with LaMelo Ball possibly out, probably for the season with the fractured ankle. Give me the Magic over the Blazers. Give me the Rockets to defeat the Spurs. I'm going to take the Thunder over the Jazz. And my upset special. Give me the Knicks over the Celtics. I'm take the Bucks over the Wizards. And in my game of the night, I'm going to take the Clippers to defeat the Grizzlies. Even though the Clippers are currently 0-3 since they acquired Russell Westbrook. Now that we got them locks out the way, let's see what the numbers was hitting on. Alright, so we're gonna start off with Thursday. Thursday. All-Star Weekend took away a couple days, so league action did start back on Thursday. And it started off with a 43 piece from Lori Marketing. Shot 15 to 28 from the field, 3 of 12 from three-point range, and 10 of 10 from the foul line. Eight other players scored at least 30, led by Miles Turner, who scored 40. Shea Gildrick's Alexander scored 39. Brandon Ingram scored 36. James Harden, Evan Mobley, Jason Tatum, and De'Aaron Fox each had 31. 
and Jalen Brown at 30. Friday! Julius Randle put up a 46 piece, shot 16 for 29 from the field, 7 to 14 from 3, and 7 to 7 from the foul line. He also had two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. So you know he was just he was shooting that thing. He was not trying to pass that game. Nine other players scored at least 30, including Malik Monk, who had 45, Kawhi Leonard, who had 44, and De'Aaron Fox, who had 42. These three players played in the same game, which went into double overtime, in which the Sacramento Kings won. Klay Thompson put up 42 points, which included 12 three-pointers. Trey Young and Paul George each had 34. Darius Garland had 33. LaMelo Ball had 32. And Zach Levine had 32. Saturday, Saturday. Joel Embiid scored 41 points. Shot 12 of 21 from the field. Over 1 from 3 and 17 to 18 from the foul line. Tyler Hero was the only other player to score at least 30 when he scored 33. 14 other players did score at least 20, though. And Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Damian Lillard has 71 points. Shot 22 of 38 from the field. 13 of 22 from three. 14 of 14 from the foul line. He had a six rebounds, six assists, and had a plus minus of plus 21. Get that man Dame some help immediately or get him somewhere where he can win a championship. That man is championship worthy. Nine other players scored at least 30, led by Nikola Jokic, who had 40. Donovan Mitchell had 35. Trey Young had 34. De'Aaron Fox, Drew Holiday, and Kawhi Leonard each had 33. Clay Thompson had 32. Anthony Davis and Nas Reed had 30. Shout out to Nas Reed. I actually seen him uh, at Summer League when he was a rookie. And he was a bucket then, and he's proven to be a bucket now. So shout out to Nas Reed. Let's get into the new segment of the show. Welcome to Four Point Island. <laughs> Now, this segment, we talk about the good when players out there putting up crazy numbers or things of that nature. But Four Point Island, I want y'all to understand what Four Point Island means. I want y'all to understand what Four Point Island means to me. I am a defensive guy. I love defense. That's that's just what I that's just what I do. I'm a defender. I love playing defense. I love being able to lock somebody up have them not be able to do what they normally would want to do offensively so this is a, a kudos to those players who either got locked up or those teams who got locked up this is this is a kudos to them this makes me feel good because we always talking about numbers and when people put up 70 points and 60 points and all this other stuff let's 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 give all the little negativities let's 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 highlight some defense for once in a while. So we're going to start off with John Morant. In the game against the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, he didn't look so good. I mean, he looked good yesterday. 
in the game against the Lakers, but he didn't look so good in this game against Philly. He he, he shot 3 of 16 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. He, he shot 10 free throws. He made 9 of them. He only had 15 points, 5 assists, had a plus minus and negative 6. Ever since he's made that comment that they're good in the West, they haven't been that good, even though they've been playing better as of late. But that comment is it kind of it kind of killed the momentum that they had. Now they got to rebuild that momentum. From a player to a team, let's talk about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Y'all trade Kevin Durant. Y'all trade Kyrie Irving. Mikael Bridges is now y'all guy. He has to be y'all KD. Y'all have a lot of talent, a lot of talent, and in a lot of places where guys probably not gonna be able to get a lot of playing time, and that's unfortunate. But this game against Chicago was crazy to me. Because how do y'all only score 28 points and a half in a league where everybody's scoring at least 30 or 40, maybe even 50 or 60, and sometimes even 70 and 80? But y'all scored 28 points in one half. Y'all only scored 11 points in one quarter, which is wild. Y'all scored 51 points in three quarters, which is wild. And y'all scored 87 points in that game, which is even wilder. You got teams doing that in a half, and y'all did it in a whole game. Brooklyn, I'm going to need y'all to get it together. But at least y'all not Detroit right now. Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to ride for my team. I'm going to ride for my city because that's just what I do. But Killian, Ivy, come on, man. 1 of 6 from Killian Hayes, 3 of 16 for Jaden Ivey. Look, we, I, when people want to bash the Pistons, the one thing that you can say is that they have a nice young core. It looks like Wiseman is, is, is working out as, as best as they want him to work out. They have some nice young pieces. K has not played in forever. He's been out for the whole, seemed like the whole year, but he's been out. He's not playing no more this season. So when you look at that and you look at Ivy and you look at K coming back, you got guys such as Wiseman, you got Jalen Durant, you still got Isaiah Stewart. Whatever you want to do with Killian Hayes, I think he's still a piece. I think he'd be like a Marcus Smart type of player. But when you look at numbers like this, 1 of 6 and 3 of 16 for Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivy, it's not a good look. Especially going against the team that I'm going to talk about a little later. And it seems like their rebuild is a little more accelerated than what Detroit is right now. And Dallas, 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 Dallas. Y'all was up 27 points at one time. 27. How do y'all, how do y'all, how are y'all plus 27? But let the Lakers plus 28 y'all to win the game. And then get another plus two. To make it a plus 30 to win by three. Look, I like I like the dynamic of Luka and Kyrie. That front court, that front court, they're gonna have to give me more because that that's in bit that that is very, very embarrassing for Dallas. But shout out to all them players and teams that got locked up this week. And that is the first segment of Welcome to Four Point Island, brought to you by Four Point Island Merch coming this summer.
So let's talk Westbrook. So you know he played his first two games last week as a Clipper. He averaged 17 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two and a half steals, shot 56% from the field, 50% from three, 100% from the foul line. Plus minus was a negative nine, but you, you can start to see the dynamic. When the trade deadline happened, I was wondering why the Clippers would let go of their two point guards and Reggie Jackson and John Wall. And I guess it was to get Westbrook in the fold. So now they have a true pure, I wouldn't say pure point guard, but they have a point guard on the roster. And I understand why a lot of people don't like the move because Westbrook is a little erratic. He's turnover crazy. Sometimes he takes ill-advised shots, whatever the case may be. But one thing I don't like is people say that he's stat pad. Westbrook is an aggressive type of player. So when the ball goes up, he's going in there for a rebound. He's going to push the floor. People going to run around with him because they know that they have the opportunity of being a part of a highlight, whether it's a dunk or whether it's a pass, whatever it is, they know that they are going to be a part of something when Westbrook is attacking in a fast break. But you don't average triple doubles for, for two, three, three years out of your career and, and, and you and you a stat pattern. He still has to make the plays. He still has to make the passes to guys for them to be able to put themselves in positions to make buckets. And those guys have been able to do that. Westbrook is a very good playmaker. And I think he can adjust his game slightly towards what the Clippers need from him in terms of being a point guard. Look, you already got buckets. You got Paul George. You got Kawhi Leonard. You got guys coming off the bench like Bones Highland and Eric Gordon. Top to bottom, the Clippers are a extremely deep team. And I think Westbrook knows that he doesn't have to be that triple-double Washington Westbrook. He doesn't have to be that triple-double Oklahoma City Westbrook. If he can be the same energy, change the game, Laker Westbrook that he was before he was shipped out, I think the Clippers will be all right. 0-2, 0-3 now, since Westbrook has been a part of the fold, isn't a good look, and it doesn't help the critics I mean, it just adds more fuel to the fire with critics who say that Westbrook going to the team was a bad move. Let's talk Quinn Snyder now. Shout out to Quinn Snyder. He is now officially the coach of the Atlanta Hawks with a five-year contract. I'm surprised that he's on the bench already. I would have thought that they would have at least let let it play out for the rest of the year before they bring him in because that's a whole nother philosophy that you have to bring in right in the middle the heart of the season when you fighting for a playoff positioning i didn't i don't know if that was the greatest of choices i would have let the interim do what he needed to do to see if they can get where they needed to go and it contingent on that then that's when you bring quinn snyder in but let's talk quinn because his last year in utah his offense made me believe that utah was a title contender Especially with the guys that they had, Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkston, Royce O'Neal. Like they had guys who can give you buckets. And this is what Atlanta kind of has in a sense. You know, Trey Young, Streaky at best, DeJounte Murray, Sadiq Bay, John Collins, Griffin, the rookie. 
So they have a lot of pieces that can be buckets. When you look at his last season as a coach of the Jazz, they was ranked in offensive and offensive rating, and they was ninth in defensive rating. In that aspect, I think it's a good hire. But I just wonder about Trey Young. I just wonder because it just seems like he doesn't have the greatest attitudes, and it seems like he always clashing with coaches. I don't know if trading Trey Young is the is the move that Atlanta's trying to make right now. I think it's something that you have to at least think about. And shout out to the Orlando Magic. Yes, the Orlando Magic. Now, last week they went two and two. They, they played 500 ball. They, they finished the week with a 25 and 36 record. They're 13th place in the Eastern Conference. They still have a possibility of being a play-in team. It could it's slim, but there's still a possibility. But when you look at this team, this team is going to cause a lot of problems for the Eastern Conference for a lot of years. Their front court is just ridiculous. Guys like Bo Bo, like one of my favorite players, Bo Bo. Seven foot two, can handle the ball. He can initiate offense. He scores on three levels. He have a seven, eight wingspan that makes him an elite rim protector. Guys like Wendell Carter Jr., who's just solid. Very good rebounder, very good defender. Has stretched his range out to three-point range, so now he can hit that shot. And then you look at Pablo Boncaro, another guy who can initiate offense, score on all three levels. NBA experience say that he's a rookie, but when he's out there, you you really can't tell because he's just that that seasoned. Then you got guys like Mo Wagner, big guy who can shoot the three, has some elite defensive leadership. Franz Wagner, elite defender, he can knock down the three. Jonathan Isaac. Probably the, one of the most elite defenders in the NBA, starting to knock down his shots. If he can, if he can put together his jump shot in addition to what he does on the defense, scary. And then they have guards like Markel Fultz. I knew Markel Fultz was gonna come in and he was gonna be a solid piece. I don't understand. Markel Fultz had a whole issue with his with his shooting mechanics and in his unwillingness to shoot the ball now he's out there shooting the ball what is wrong with ben simmons why can't he not shoot the ball markel folks is a perfect example just be aggressive just take some shots whether you make them or miss them just take some shots make the defense at least attempt to want to play you because you don't take shots now your playmaking isn't as effective as it is. Everything isn't as effective as it is because you don't want to take shots. Markel Fultz maybe didn't deal with the same problems, but he dealt with a problem enough to where he was hesitant to shoot the ball. Now he's not hesitant. He's out there. He shoots the ball, and he may not shoot it at the greatest eclipse, but he at least keeps the defense honest. He he, and his ability to shoot the ball at least opens up other threats in his game to where he's out there being effective on the floor every time he plays. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. I mean, these are young guards. They have the potential. Of course they do. Jalen Suggs was a top five pick. Cole Anthony was a first round pick. So they have the potential. I would like to see them be a little more consistent. But this team overall, 
we talk about I talked about a rebuild earlier with Detroit. This team, it looks like their rebuild is a little more accelerated. If they can just add a veteran guy or two veteran guys within that mix of young guys that they have, Orlando gonna be a problem. And that's everything that I need to talk about. I appreciate y'all rocking out with me as usual. Shout out to Brittany Griner, who is returning to the game of basketball. She re-signed with the Phoenix Mercury for one year. Shout out to Bronny James. It was a top 10. It was a 2024 mock draft done by ESPN. And that mock draft had Bronny James as the number 10 pick. In the 2024 mock draft, and he was drafted by the Orlando Magic. Why is this significant? Because LeBron James said that his last year, he wants to play with his son. He also said that he will not play in Orlando because of the Orlando bubble. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't think Orlando is going to be in a position where they're going to be picking 10th in 2024, though. And shout out to Manny Machado from the San Diego Padres, who signed a 11-year, $350 million contract extension. Those are great numbers, especially in the MLB where your contract is fully guaranteed. So he's about to be $350 million richer. I appreciate y'all. I'm Tom Ron Smith. Ron 2 exclusive hustle bandit sneaker bandit 4.0 island. Lock them up. Ron Daytona 360. Sign it out. And I will holler at y'all next week. Peace.